What's good? What's good, party people? Welcome to Candid Conversations. I am your host, Candia Johnson, a woman on a mission to help you show up and speak up anyway, despite dealing with fear, uncertainty, or self-doubt. Did you know that the average person will have 12 jobs during their lifetime? I learned that a few years ago, and I often wondered if I would have known that when I was 20, 16, 15, (laughs) would I have been more comfortable about changing careers and testing the waters instead of beating myself up during my 20s and 30s about making the decision to quit my job or changing careers and feeling awkward and guilty and shame that I put all this money (laughs) into undergraduate school and then graduate school and then coming out of school with tons of loans and still not too sure about what I wanted to do with my life. On top of everything else, I always felt like when I was working in corporate America that I didn't belong or there was no room for me because I didn't see many people who looked like me in managerial or executive roles. What I know now is that women are statistically and significantly underrepresented at all levels of management. I say statistically to let y'all know it's research behind it. So I'm super excited that we are in this space where we're openly talking about it. So today on the the podcast, we have an award-winning career coach and author, Octavia Gordima. She's the author of Prep, Push, Pivot, Essential Career Strategies for Underrepresented Women. It's a career coaching guide for women looking for a new job, dealing with job loss, pivoting to a new career, or returning to the workplace after an extended absence. Before becoming a career coach, Octavia co-hosted Harvard Business Review's weekly show about leadership. Her work has been featured in Fast Company, Forbes, CNBC, Business Insider, Los Angeles Times, Yahoo, Black Enterprise, and more. Listen and let me know what you think. So in my Kansas Conversations peeps, I am super excited to introduce you all to Miss Octavia Goradima. Good afternoon. Hello. Hello to you. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, hello, Candia. Thank you so much for having me. So as an award-winning career coach, describe the work that you are most proud of. I had to push that in there because I just love your body of work. Okay. So it was all me people and saying award-winning. I love, love, love that question. The work that brings me the most joy is the work that no one else sees. And it's the work I often do just one-on-one with the individuals that I'm coaching. So I'm a career coach. I, I run a company called 2010 Agency and I do a lot of things. Um, Sometimes I'm working with really large organizations and delivering workshops and helping their CEOs and senior leadership figure out how to retain and advance their diverse talent. Then I pivot and I do one-on-one coaching sessions with professionals. And the work that I do with those individuals is the work that I'm proudest of, especially in this moment of time that we are all still navigating through. It has been the hardest of times for so many of us, whether we've lost jobs or hung on to jobs or lost loved ones or just been, you know, sick ourselves or just dealing with so much. It's been 
the hardest of times. And I'm so proud to play a part in helping support and amplify others, not just through the things that we see externally, like the promotions and the new jobs, but through the really difficult times, Candia, that, you know, no one else knows how your career feels. So what types of problems or challenges are they coming to you for help with? So usually someone comes to a coach when they've hit some major roadblock and that roadblock can look very different dependent on the individual. I've had individuals come to me after they've been rapidly promoted. You think, oh my gosh, you've been promoted. Great. Actually, for some people, especially for underrepresented professionals, you get the opportunity and then all bets are off because you've got to command the respect and the support of larger and larger teams and more senior people. And that can be incredibly difficult. You know, before I became a coach, I started my career 22 years ago in London before moving to Los Angeles, where I'm based now. I was often the only black woman in a meeting or on my team or sometimes in the building. And I wasn't necessarily the most senior, you know, executive in my organizations. And so that in itself, even as you're rising the ranks, can take its toll. I work with individuals who are perhaps struggling with the dynamics with their either direct reports or their senior leadership, people who've maybe been asked have asked for promotion and been denied promotion, but yet are given more and more responsibilities. Or people who are navigating transitions, whether that's a pivot or maybe just a change in their their circumstances. And I discovered myself when I was coached for the first time, I was in the middle of my career, just how transformative it can be. But most of us just don't get the opportunity to work one-on-one with a coach. Candy, that's why I wrote my book, Prep, Push, Pivot, because it's, it's a very rare thing to be able to either have the disposable income and the means to do it for yourself or to have an employer who's ready to make that investment on your behalf. Okay. So I'm glad you brought up the book. And I also want to touch on, you used the word pivot. So I want to touch on that. Yes. What are the challenging parts of, of your journey that inspire you to publish your book? So I decided to write this book when it just became so apparent to me that so many people would perhaps approach me about coaching and not be able to be able to pursue it. Because as I mentioned, coaching is expensive, Candia, you know, and the professionals that need it the most, (laughs) need it the most might be the individuals who don't have that resource or they actually do go and ask their employer if they can support their professional development and the employer's not able to do so. And so I really wanted to write a book as a black woman. I wanted to write a book that can support women of color at every single key moment we might face in our careers, regardless of our seniority. And the book is called Prep, Push, Pivot. And part one is prep and it's centered on knowing your worth and cementing your career values and how to negotiate your salary and part two is push and it's anchored on whatever that next step is for you whether that's positioning yourself for promotion or maybe preparing for a career break or returning to work after a career break or if you're a caregiver or working parent about how you realign your goals in this in these new parameters and then part three 
is Pivot. It discusses how to change careers, but also crucially, how to be pivotal to others and how to pay it forward to others and our peers while we are growing. And I wrote the book from the perspective of the common questions and scenarios that I would support others with and also what I had encountered as I was growing my career professionally. Now I work as a coach and I support others and work with corporations, but I remember clearly so many of these obstacles and challenges that are invisible, even to your coworkers. Some of those obstacles and challenges can be invisible. So to navigate so much ourselves is a lot to ask. Mm -hmm. It's a lot to ask. And so I wanted to create what would be a very action oriented (laughs) resource for someone who might not have the opportunity to have a direct conversation and support of a coach of their own. I'm curious to hear about a time when you felt like you didn't know your worth. My goodness, so many times. That's that's a perpetual thing. It doesn't stop the more senior you get or the more the more you advance. At the start of your career, of course, everything's new and fresh and you're figuring everything out. And here's the thing. Even when you know your worth, it's not always reflected back at us. So even when we know that there were times early in my career where I attempted to negotiate my salary and it wasn't huge amounts, you know, I was early in my career. And even when I was successful, sometimes a little bit of blowback about that. Oh, look at her. Look at her asking. Look at her. You know, um, one of my um, bosses called me the Gora Demonator because I had, it was like a terminator negotiating my salary. I wasn't doing anything different to what he might have done. But, it, you know, as a Black woman, it, it can come off a different way. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times when <laughs> even people who are ultimately going to report to me <laughs> after, you know, this is before Zoom and, <laughs> and video comes, oh, I'm so surprised that I'm Black mm-hmm. and say that to my face. Mm-hmm. You know, so many times when... I just didn't know about what I might have asked for or should expect. And I I learned the hard way that you have to do your research and talk to others about money and opportunities because when we are progressing, we only know so much. We only know so much. And I really believe it's so important to pay it forward. And it was when I've had... The, the privilege of having other people who have mentored or supported me, and they might not even know they were formerly mentors to me, that it opened my eyes completely to opportunities or conversations or perspectives that I would never have considered otherwise. And those things are what makes such a fundamental difference for us. This doesn't just change how we do our work. This can change our whole lives <laughs> and how we advance and then how we can also carry others with us. So it's a constant process. Now, as an author, I have a first time job all over again. That's a whole new terrain to learn and to navigate. Definitely. And I think to your point, that's probably one of the lessons that's taken me the longest to learn is that 
it is a constant process. And at every next level, I am still questioning and fearing new experiences, or I, I am fearful of things that may have happened in the past that I identified as negative or uncomfortable, and that I'm thinking that they're going to happen again. And I love that you mentioned that because I think that so many of us, especially as women, we could free ourselves from this mindset of how can I overcome not knowing my worth to understanding that it's always there. It's just learning how to work through it, talk through it, continue to speak up for yourself despite those feelings. We have to keep flexing that and it will constantly shift as we grow. It's not something we... I don't think all of us just conquer. And of course, experience, we, we, m- mistakes are priceless in that we can learn from them. But the danger is if we let those things hold us back. So one of the, the, the reasons why I was so impressed with your background too is we share a, a, almost a like-minded mission. And part of your mission is to help underrepresented professionals and I have started to challenge myself, especially when it comes to people in the workplace, to shift from underrepresented to undersupported. Yes, I like that phrase. Yes, because I like that. Sometimes I feel like underrepresented puts the onus, the fault on you. Yes. Undersupported means we all have a part to play. Yes. Particularly when you think about women of color, people of color in the workplace. Why do you think that we are statistically continue to be undersupported? Why do you believe that is? So as you say, the data continues to show it and we know from our own lived experiences. And as I was writing my book, um, I read a study, which I believe is included in the book too, from Working Mother Media, that's they had talked to minority women and found that only 46% of the women they spoke to had attended a meeting with a senior executive within the last two years, compared to 63% of white men. Now that's regardless of those men's abilities <laughs> or potential. It's just the, the, the opportunity gaps for us, once we get in the door, become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Payscale, a compensation data company that kind of crunches numbers for every every single salary in every single industry did a survey here in the US and found that 55% of underrepresented women said that they felt they had a sponsor at work. Now what's happening with the other 45% of us? Sponsors are pivotal. And it's a a double-edged sword because we need sponsors to, to put us forward for opportunities to broaden our horizons, to recommend us, to propel us forward. But we're very reliant on those relationships too. If that person moves or shifts, <laughs> we have to start that all over again because there are systemic inequities that do not set us up for success. Do not set us up for success. And so we're navigating all of this. I love the action-oriented and supportive phrase that you've put together there. I love that ethos. I love, love, love that because that's just, it's so true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And often our sponsors, they can make such an impact, but they can dip in and dip out. We, we live this day in, day out. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. What 
your practical advice for the woman who is looking to pivot yes right now into a newer career into a new career and they're also juggling because I think that's another challenge that we have right now they're also juggling their role as a mother or a caregiver so I'm a mom I have two daughters (laughs) I have also pivoted at big and small pivots um, how old are your daughters my eldest is 12 and my baby is 10. <laughs> wow. Okay. So first of all, we're doing this interview on video. You guys will get the audio, but Octavia looks like she's 17, 18. I okay. knew I liked you. I knew <laughs> I liked you. <laughs> she's sitting here full of glow. Okay. Looking like she's going to go to the high school prom. Come through, mother. Come through. Okay, I'm, so here. That's my question. I'm here. Let me so focus. Yeah. Back to your question. So, you know, pivots, whether they're big or small, can feel like, how do I do this? Where do I start? And often, regardless of how long you've been doing what you were doing, and regardless of what it is you want to try and do next, it's easy for other people with right or wrong intentions to put us in boxes, right? Oh, Kandia does this. Oh, Octavia does that. Mm -hmm. And not see our potential and so it's on us to remember that first and foremost even if we don't know every step that it might take for us to complete what we want to do it starts with us if we have to believe and trust in our abilities to get where we want to be but then also if you're a caregiver as well you've got responsibilities and you're taking care of others And there's a lot to think about here. So the first thing I would say to anyone is do some reflection on what you need to set yourself up for success through this process. Because often we see the end result as the marker of having attained what it is. Oh, we landed that job in this new area we wanted. We're so excited about, we landed it. Well, actually, The real success is every step you take along the way to get there. That's what lays the foundation. And to do that, we have to be really clear about, there's an exercise, a much longer exercise I have on this in my book, Prep, Push, Pivot, but I ask questions like, what does success look like for you? Where do you need help? That's a really important one. What are some of your immediate concerns? And get real about those, write them all down, get them all out because by by doing that, you'll start to see where you might need help and what is perception and what is fact and how you can start to tackle those things. And then crucially, what's in your control? Then be prepared to ask for what you need. It might be a a small thing. It might be an introduction or a conversation or a recommendation. Also be prepared to start to talk about what you're exploring or excited about or looking to pursue or passionate about. Use your voice because if people don't know, there, there could be opportunities or connections or even things that inspire you that you will not have access to. So trust yourself, but also foster relationships that support you. 
look around and see who's made a pivot. It doesn't have to be identical to the pivot you're looking to make, but who's done this? Talk to them. Have conversations. They might not have every single answer you need, but it will help inspire you and get motivated. And I think it's also really important to manage expectations, starting with your own, because it's not a race to get where you ultimately want to be. And everything you do along the way will contribute, even if you can't see it in that moment in time. Trust that it is. So I hope y'all was taking notes on those mic drops, okay? And <laughs> the mic drop that I love is, what does success look like for you and where do you need help? So often we think that we can do everything on our own. And one of the things that I remind myself often is, I remind my clients of this as well, is you can't level up alone. Nope, you need you a cannot. whole team. I love the African pro, uh, proverb. It says you can't, you can't, it takes a village to raise a child. And I always often say, listen, it takes a village to raise Candia. I got a therapist. I have a coach. I have a mastermind, <laughs> right? So I have a bunch. I have a whole squad of people who can support not only the, the, my business, but also my well-being. Yep. And so I love that because we need to have more conversations about being vulnerable enough to, to talk about not only our success, but the parts of our success that require support yes, and mentorship and sponsorship yes. from other people. So thank you so much for highlighting that. I also love that you highlighted what's in your control and managing your expectations too. And being honest with yourself, I could imagine as a mom, I am a caregiver, even as a caregiver. And when you think about some of the things that you want to do, sometimes you're going to be able to give 50 hours one week. And sometimes you're going to be able to give one hour. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) We're not superheroes. And so it's really important to start with managing our expectations. That doesn't mean you're diminishing your ambition. Mm -hmm. Not at all but it's about managing your expectations as you go. And also sometimes we wanna plant that seed and eat the fruit the same day and it doesn't always work that way. And so trust that every step you take, whether it's just spending time, even just thinking things through or listening to a podcast episode that inspires you by what someone shares, this is all valuable because it's fuel that just keeps things moving. It's not necessarily just the working on the resume and having an interview. It takes a lot to build up and prepare for everything that's coming for you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Speaking of preparation, it's a little bit of a a twist, but I've been following, and I'm sure you've been following it too as as well, this topic uh, or this season of the great resignation and how so many people are preparing to leave the workforce for entrepreneurship, for other endeavors that they may have in mind. And particularly, I believe it was The Plug who reported that the great resignation was impacting Black workers. It really is. Yeah, who left their jobs at a higher rate uh, for many of their own business endeavors. What are your thoughts about why the great resignation may be happening? So the Society for Human Resource Management also just released a study on this topic last week and they asked me for my thoughts and their study was looking at future intentions of employees Mm. across America and they surveyed about 2,000 U.S. workers and the findings showed that black workers were more likely than white workers to 
be actively searching for a new job in the next few months. And 60% of those workers said they were waiting for their annual bonus before they were going to peace out and leave. And so, yes, Black workers are leaving, often to start their own businesses. And that's a trend that predates even the pandemic. The Ewing Marion Kaufman Foundation has found since 2018 that year on year, more and more Black adults are leaving to start their own business. And here's the thing, Candia, working while Black takes its toll. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. We, we were talking at the start of this conversation about the opportunity gaps that persist and the, the fact we, we don't have sponsors and we don't have mentors and we, we, we don't have the advocates that we need and feeling connected at work matters and having a sense of belonging matters, but also having that investment in your professional development is pivotal. And on top of all of the uncertainty and upheaval of the pandemic, we are also dealing with the heightened trauma of all the racial injustices, mm-hmm. not just that have happened during this pandemic period, but happen consistently, consistently. And this takes a toll on our physical health and our mental health. And, you know, there comes a point often where you're just straight up exhausted frustrated you're not able to move forward as fast you you, your your skills you're accomplishing more and more skills and experience and you're able to perhaps leverage that in the way that you should I'm not surprised if people are quitting to do things on their own terms it's so funny so I'm sure you've heard this the I guess the goal or, or the mission or the principles that a lot of the companies are going by and one of them is bring your whole self to work and I'm like Is it safe for me to bring my whole self to work? Because to your point, when you are constantly faced with news in the media about the unfortunate killing of Black men and some of the, you know, even other countries that are at war right now and all those sorts of things, sometimes bringing yourself to work, it's painful. It is. Because... You may have cried in your car and you're still wiping those tears from your face as you walk into the workplace. And that's for anyone. I think about COVID. A lot of the times I was doing uh, virtual workshops and someone would private message me that their husband uh, was sick in the other room and they were just having an emotional moment right now trying to be attentive to the training and also tend to your husband. And I'm like, that's not possible. Log off and take care of home. And so thank you for almost validating some of my thoughts as well in terms of what it actually takes, you know, to show up in a workplace and your health is at top of mind, your community is top of mind and all the things. And that may stop you from showing up as your best self. absolutely going to stop you from showing up. I run my own company and I have to avoid reading the news before I go into certain meetings or conversations because it's going to impact me. I can have a conversation with my daughters about something another kid said to them at school and I have to deal with that and then think about the next things I'm dealing with at work too. It's the, we can't separate <laughs> those things and it all takes a toll and it's almost like you're, for me, and this is a personal reflection, during the pandemic, it suddenly hit home how much I've carried and never fully addressed, never fully gave space for, just kept moving. And there came a point where I was like, no, this is not okay. All of this is not okay. And we all reach that moment. 
sometimes multiple times, but at different points, sometimes silently, <laughs> sometimes not silently. And then on top of that, organizations, even with the best intentions, all of these conversations trigger something in all of us. You know, I can be, I'm not a diversity, equity and inclusion specialist. I'm a career coach, but the work that I do, you know, is, is within these parameters. And I've had people message me during the group workshops I'm doing, say I have to turn off because it's, this is personal. It touches me. Thank you for sharing what you did, but it, then you can't then immediately move on to your next meeting because you're processing. I think, you know, I, I, listen, the great resignation comes down to the fact that people are reprioritizing yes. and they're reprioritizing uh, re and thinking about the fact that their health and their wellness comes first and their family yes. comes first and their peace of mind yes. comes first. And that's what it's been about for me. And when I think about pivoting, I also think that part of a huge part, and I think about my time in pivoting from management consulting to now running my own training and coaching company, part of it was giving myself permission in the pivot to no longer believe some things. So when it comes to your success and where you are now, what is one thing that you used to believe that you no longer believe? So... I used to believe that if I work hard enough, I'll get there. And I don't believe that anymore. Now, working hard matters, but it takes much, much more than that. And you have to start talking about that next level before you even get there. And I say talking because other people need to hear it. <laughs> and not everyone who hears it, will be able to help you. Not everyone who hears it might be receptive to it. You know, I, I know that with my book, I started, this is my first book. And, you know, some people might have asked me three years ago, so what are you doing? I'm writing a book. And they're like, oh, really? Huh? Well, now three years later, <laughs> you can see it, but no one could see it then. I couldn't even see it when I didn't have a book deal. I knew I wanted to do this, but I didn't know how it was going to, to map out. And Knowing your worth, Candy, is what you are talking about in terms of when you were determining how you were going to move forward mm -hmm. with your pivot. And that really matters because our worth is going to be tested every single day. Every single day. And we have to hang on to knowing our worth. And it's more than just what we earn. For me, knowing your worth is understanding what enables you to do your best work, what you're building towards and what your non-negotiables are for your career. And fully embracing those things, even when someone else may not respect them or understand them or reflect them back at you, we have to hold on to that. I absolutely love that. And, and so this is a perfect segue into talking about any upcoming events. Where could they purchase the book? Where could they continue our, my, my listeners continue to follow and engage with you? Oh, thank you so much for asking. So my book, Prep, Push, Pivot was released in the US in January. So it's available wherever you love to buy books, including your local Black-owned bookstore. And in terms of following me, my website is octaviagorodima.com and you can find me on 
Instagram and Twitter and Pinterest. And yes, I, I have lots of events coming up. So if you check out my website or follow my social, hopefully we can connect that way. Okay. Well, I love it. I love it. I love it. And of course, y'all know I am going to take care of you all and I will include the links to engage with Octavia in the show notes. Okay. Y'all know I love to take care of y'all. Anywho, if this episode has resonated in your heart in any sort of way, share it with your people so they can share it with their people. I appreciate y'all. Talk to you soon.